Welcome to 7-Minute Torah. I'm Rabbi Micah Streifer. Here's how this podcast works. Each week we begin with about 7 to 10 minutes on the weekly parsha, hence the name 7-Minute Torah. You'll either hear me, or you'll hear me in conversation with a Jewish thought leader. After that, if you want to stick around, we often continue with a bonus interview where we talk about all things Jewish. Hello, and thanks for joining me on 7-Minute Torah. The Parsha this week is called Chaye Sarah, which is Hebrew for the life of Sarah. But this Parsha is not about Sarah's life. It's actually about her death. The Parsha opens with these words, Vayhiyu chaye Sarah mea shana v'esrim shana v'sheva shanim shnei chaye Sarah. Sarah's lifetime, the span of her years, came to 127 years. So we can see how it gets the name Chaye Sarah, the life of Sarah, because those are the words that the Parsha begins with. But of course, what's happening here is not her life, but rather that she's died and then her husband Abraham has to go about finding a burial plot for her and going through the rituals of mourning his wife. Later in the Parsha, Abraham will also die. And here's a little bit of a fun fact for you. Both of the parshiot in Genesis that deal in a larger way with death have names that mean life. So this parsha, Chaye Sarah, means the life of Sarah, and it deals with the death of Sarah and of Abraham. A later parsha, Vayechi, which means, and he lived, will deal with the death of Jacob and Joseph. Now, it could be coincidental. After all, Torah portions get their name from the first important word in the parsha. But even if it is coincidental, it sends a kind of a neat message that when we're dealing with death, we keep life in our hearts. We remember people for the lives that they lived. And even when we're facing loss, we still have to live life. We have to move forward, continue living and making the world a better place. And I think you can see a hint of that at almost the very end of the Parsha, after Abraham dies, when something surprising happens. This is chapter 25, verse 7. It says, This was the total span of Abraham's life, 175 years. Abraham breathed his last, dying at a good ripe age, old and contented, and he was gathered to his kin. That's the Torah's way of saying that someone died and was buried. Then it says, his sons Isaac and Ishmael buried him in the cave of Machpelah in the field of Ephron, son of Zohar the Hittite, facing Mamre. Now that location is the location that Abraham secures as a burial plot for Sarah at the beginning of this parsha. But what's really potentially surprising about that verse is not where Abraham is buried, but rather who buries him. His sons Isaac and Ishmael buried him. Now why is it surprising that Abraham's sons buried him? It's surprising because Abraham's sons were probably estranged, at the very least from each other, and possibly from him. 
In the previous Parsha, Ishmael, who is the son of Hagar, the servant of Sarah, had been cast out of the camp, sent out into the desert. We have no record in the Torah of any further relationship with it, between Abraham and Ishmael after that. In the very same Parsha, Abraham had gone through the motions of sacrificing Isaac. At the end of the Parsha, last Parsha, God tells Abraham not to sacrifice Isaac. But again, the Parsha records no further activity or relationship between Isaac and Abraham. So it's very possible here that what we have is an estranged relationship, both between Abraham and his sons individually, and also between Isaac and Ishmael. After all, Ishmael had been sent out into the desert. He didn't live nearby. He was likely angry. Isaac had been made the sole heir of Abraham's estate. So with all that knowledge, it's quite surprising that they came to bury their father together. A couple years ago, I was sitting in shul on Shabbat morning, and this verse came up. And I suddenly heard it in a way I'd never heard it before, and all of these questions came flooding to me. What led to Isaac and Ishmael burying their father together? Who had to approach the other one in order to make this actually happen? What kind of negotiation, what kind of reconciliation had to be involved in bringing two estranged brothers together? And what were they each feeling as they stood beside each other to bury their father? Were they feeling pain? Were they feeling anger? Were they feeling joy at the reconciliation? Were they feeling loss of the death of an imperfect father? I was so moved by these questions that I, I actually wrote a short story about it, where I imagined Isaac feeling a deep sense of responsibility to go and tell his brother that their father had died. And I imagined this solitary journey and the strained conversation between the two of them, the anger bubbling just below the surface of these two wounded sons who felt a sense of family obligation, but also didn't know how to begin repairing the relationship. In case you're interested in reading it, I'll post the link in the notes for this episode. You can also Google it. It's called A Wind from the South. And if you just Google A Wind from the South and my last name, Stryfer, you'll find that story. There's my shameless plug for the episode. But nonetheless, I think that the Torah is very purposeful here in the way that it describes this moment. The writer of the Torah didn't have to bring Ishmael back. It would have been good enough for Isaac, who was the sole heir, to bury his father. So why then does the writer decide that this should be a joint effort between these two estranged brothers? I think there are two reasons. Number one, there's a lesson about family here. Isaac and Ishmael are brothers. Even though they didn't always get along, even though they had two different mothers, even though their relationship had not been the strongest or the most positive, many of us know what it is to have strained family relationships. And so in a sense, Isaac and Ishmael are a kind of an embodiment for the message that these family relationships matter, that even when they feel difficult, it's often worth working a little harder to try to strengthen them. Now, not every relationship can be saved or should be saved. There are toxic relationships. And yet, it's so easy when we're angry or upset with people to to want to distance ourselves. And it often, sadly, takes a death to help us remember what really matters and that our anger often matters less than the love that we feel for one another. That's lesson number one. 
Lesson number two is that Isaac and Ishmael are not just brothers. They're also the progenitors of two nations. Isaac of the Israelites and Ishmael of the Ishmaelites, which is to say... In those days, people from essentially Arabia and the desert to the south. In more modern terms, we talk about Jews and Arabs, or Jews and Muslims. And the Torah, again, very purposefully sets up these two neighboring peoples as siblings to remind us that even when we think of people as quite different from us, there's actually much more in common than not. Even the people on the other side of the border, on the other side of the philosophical divide, on the other side of the religious divide, they're still siblings of ours. And we as human beings have a responsibility to build and strengthen the relationship with all of our siblings. So at the end of the day, the Torah's message here is, as I said earlier, about life, about our ongoing responsibility to make life better, to live our best lives. It's interesting and it's maybe ironic that that's the lesson of a parsha that's ostensibly about death. But it might not be so surprising, given what we know about human nature. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week. Hey there, Rabbi Micah Streifer here. I want to invite you to continue the conversation in our new Facebook group. Just go to Facebook and search 7-Minute Torah Listen and Discuss. Then you can join the group and join the conversation. See you there. Thanks for listening to 7-Minute Torah. If you enjoyed this program, please leave a review or a comment, and please pass it on to a friend. You can also subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Have a great week.